What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 41 of the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. We are dropping this episode on a Tuesday for the first time possibly ever, but we're going to be doing a lot of NFL content. We want to get it out as soon as possible, so we're recording Monday night right before Tonight is the Packers-Lions game on Monday Night Football. But, Pat, what a just insane week two of the NFL. Oh, it's so good to have it back and start to get in a full swing. I have to keep reminding myself as well, 17 games this year. I know. Uh, which is obviously great for us. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there were some wild results. That that Sunday night game was as great as you could hope for. A possible AFC Championship game, maybe, mm. maybe. But, um, yeah, what, what a great weekend. Did you just say that the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I believe you didn't even have making the playoffs, was going to go to the AFC Championship? First, I have them as a wild card. And second, okay. I said possible because, no, I have a Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship yeah, game. But that's why I throw possible, right? We keep the question open-ended, you know? I'm <laughs> so high on Jackson so far this season. I he Every great. single time someone critiques him, I now have a personal vendetta against those type of people. <laughs> He's so damn good. It's hey, he's so fun to, to watch, watch too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I I I would kill myself if I tried to do that uh, dive into the end zone that he did. So that was really cool to to watch. Thank God he didn't. Oh my God! Imagine <laughs> if he hurt himself. I, Chris, were you watching Chris Collinsworth? Or did you hear what Chris Collinsworth yes. said? Yes. He was beside himself about it. <laughs> hey, listen. Now, if you have the athletic ability to do it to like do Lamar does, go exactly. for it. <laughs> 2020 hindsight, we can look back now and laugh, but my God, if that guy should be in bubble wrap, he should be like Shohei Otani. Yes. But anyways, all the primetime games have actually been absolutely amazing. I don't know if the Monday night game tonight will be everything that it, the other ones have cracked it up I'm gonna to be. I'm going to say no, but we'll <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, if we are rooting for Aaron Rodgers revenge tour in any sort of way but anyways we are here today to talk about week two we're keeping it relatively wide open because pat and i want to talk about everything we were throwing so many ideas out there what we're going to settle on is just loosely reviewing first year players how the rookies are doing and then the types of jumps that the second year players are taking so it's just going to be generally the young players we might touch on a few of the older guys I think they're definitely separating themselves, the Tom Brady types versus the Ben Roethlisberger's on the opposite side of the spectrum. But Pat, you can go first. Take us wherever you want to go here. No, so I'm excited. I'm going to go with the guy that we, we both want to touch on. So if, if I'm looking at second-year players here, and you look back at that draft class, like remember, there were some top wide receivers that were taken, and, and it was very interesting, the order in which those wide receivers were taken. And the guy I'm going to go to is Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I definitely think there's more of a spotlight on him because think back to it, he was drafted in front of Jerry Judy. He was drafted in front of CeeDee Lamb. He was drafted in front of Justin Jefferson, especially as well, who we know has been so good so far to the start of his NFL career. So I look at Henry Ruggs, and I see a player that that's something I want to see more from him this year. Uh, you know, we saw it yesterday against Pittsburgh with the long touchdown. We know about his explosiveness. Derek Carr has actually been really good over the past couple seasons as well. So I think that that Vegas offense has some potential to be very, very solid. And what do we think of when you think of the Raiders? You always think of speed, and no one embodies speed like Henry Ruggs. We know the route running still needs a, a little bit of work, and I'm, I'm hoping to see some progression there. But if it comes down to just running, you know, running straight, not too many people can do it faster than Henry Ruggs. We know about the explosiveness that he does carry. You know, a, a matchup against a, a, a solid if not great, uh, Miami Dolphins defense uh, next weekend, I think will be really intriguing as mm. well. Didn't do much against them last year. Two targets, no catches in the game against them a year ago. So it'll be interesting to see how he, if we can see some progression year over year against them. But Henry Ruggs, absolutely someone I want to watch here in year two and see if he can really solidify himself towards the top of those wide receivers taken. I'm so disappointed that you you got to get to him first because I was so excited to be like, so hey, what do you think of this guy? <laughs> no, I love that we both picked Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I think he had a huge coming out game, if you will. And I listed those same exact guys. You didn't even mention Jalen Rieger. Come on, well, the there's a reason guy. I didn't mention him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ridiculous move by the Eagles there. But anyways, I ridiculous don't, I, then, still ridiculous now. Yeah, he actually had a relatively good game on Sunday. But anyways, um, 
I still don't think he has the polish that Judy or Lamb no. has. But he has more raw talent than either of those guys when it comes down to it. And I think that's what Gruden saw in him. The weird thing to me was just how he fit into this offense last year. They picked him first, and he wasn't targeted more than five times in any game throughout the season. Not so interesting. Isn't that a what? Wasn't targeted more than five times. He had five catches in the game on Sunday against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. That was a career high for them. Yeah. So I think he's finally starting to find himself and where he fits within this offense, and this is the perfect year to do it. Because every single play, about six guys lined up against Darren Waller, who cemented himself as one of the best offensive players in the league last year. That's why not take advantage. (laughs) Exactly. Why not take advantage of the defenses piling on him, rugs getting open. That play also, the 60-plus yard catch, third and 10, up two with 10 minutes left. Mm -hmm. We know the type of play calling that Gruden is notorious for. I think that was... The perfect example of that, but when you have a weapon, when you have a weapon like Rugs, utilize him. Derek Carr has 800 yards in two games. 800. Yeah. That leads everybody. Derek Carr, he's a monster this year. No, he is. I think Carr has been so so impressive. And you look at the numbers too. As I you know said before, if you really look at Derek Carr and you look at the past, it's two, maybe even two and a half or three seasons. He's been really good. Like, yeah, he it, has. It, and I know, you know, a lot gets made out of the re- the supposed relationship, I'll even say, out of him and him, Gruden and Mayock. But Derek Carr's been solid. And, you know, you, you give him the weapons like Darren Waller, who, as you said, has solidified himself as one of the tight end options in the league. You know, Josh Jacobs wasn't healthy this week as, a, as you know, a solid running back option for them as well. You give them Henry Ruggs, who I think is going to continue to progress. You know, there's no reason that Raiders offense can't put up some points. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they always show flashes, and it'll yes. be about consistency. But you can't say that the schedule has gone their way so far. They've pulled mm-hmm. out two really gutsy wins against two really good teams yep. in the AFC North. And I think it shows a lot about this this team. And you said best tight ends. I'm going to push back and say that Waller is one of the best pass catchers in the league. He is. He is that good. You're you're not gonna get any pushback from me on that. I'm, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm with you. Waller is Phew. not good. No, no. <laughs> Except Kelsey in that Sunday night game has some words to say about that. If it's funny you mention that. If we were gonna go with some with younger players and then look at older players, you know, Travis Kelsey's 31 years old. Yeah. And, and there's still just there's not a tight end better in the league. And also on that, Rob Gronkowski, 31 years old, yeah. retired for a year. Two touchdowns this past weekend. Of course, you know, had, had the good game on opening night as well. Those older tight ends showing out so far this season. That's actually a great point. I hadn't thought about either of those guys. Gronk mm-hmm. brings such a new element to that team. It, it's absolutely insane. Just the embarrassment of riches that Brady has to work with. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go off of this tangent and move to Pittsburgh, who the Raiders were playing, because I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. And I don't even have his stats up in front of me. This was just from <laughs> watching him and seeing how he fits into this offense. And I thought it was time for the Steelers to get a new offensive coordinator. Matt mm-hmm. Canada's the guy, and this isn't totally. I, I was getting this from a lot of podcasts and articles that I listened to. It still looks like the previous OC's game plan. And that's the worst thing that can happen because Pittsburgh has now... Well, they won last week against the Bills, which was also a gutsy win. But they lost all those games to close out the season after a huge start. Something wasn't working. You thought it would be revamped this year. And they did that following a blocked punt, of course, in week one, which really helped. But I just don't think Big Ben has it anymore. And that receiving core is really good. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Najee Harris, did you see that stiff arm? Oh, oh yes. Oh my god, he could retire after that. It was so good. I think Ben just looks stale. He gets absolutely clobbered because that offensive line cannot help him to save their lives. And I think this this is this is finally. I'm admitting it on the record. I really think the Steelers are going to have some issues. 
I, I listen. You know, I, I am full in on. I think the I know. I finally, I'm finally there. I wish I wasn't, but that game was tough to watch. Do you find that concerning that it, it changed you? You know, after two weeks, that yes. You know, I and remember that they, they did beat Buffalo in week one. I can't say they looked particularly good in beating Buffalo, but. I, I always knew that Ben wasn't the guy that you want to put the ball in mm-hmm. his hands for a two-minute drill. We've known that for a couple yeah, of yeah. years now. But against a Las Vegas defense that going into the game really didn't have a pass rush and is now coming out of the game as all of a sudden this heralded pass rush with um, Max Crosby. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. That's not it. It's, it's a lot of offensive line issues. Yes, it but is. But they've relied on the short passes and getting the ball out quickly and Roethlisberger can't even do that now and there's still no run run game it's it's kind it's kind of a mess there uh, to, to your point there I I'm not sure how heavily they can rely on Najee Harris to save this offense I feel yeah. like a lot of people felt that he would come in and just turn things around for them giving them a legitimate back and I certainly think he will be a legitimate back but that is just crazy expectations for a rookie running back to come in and really help turn things around you know on him for his performance of the first two weeks he, he's 26th in QBR yeah and you know he's behind guys like Jacoby Brissett who we saw like Carson Wentz um you know it, <laughs> that's never good <laughs> Andy Dalton ahead of him as well Dalton actually played very well before getting injured um on Sunday but I just I, I said it on the preview episode. I stand by it. I think this is the year the Pittsburgh Steelers finally finish under 500 with Mike Tomlin at the helm. I do not trust that offense at all. That defense is very good. You know, TJ Watt, I, I haven't seen the extent of the injury yet. I do know he exited Ooh. the game yesterday. Yeah. If he's missing any sort of time, they are certainly in some trouble here. Uh, I'm very low on Pittsburgh. I understand they beat Buffalo at Buffalo week one, but I still have not seen any reason for me to come off of that stance yet. Yeah, I, I really think that if that punt wasn't blocked, mm-hmm. Buffalo comes away with that win. There are always going to be weird plays like that. Yep. Pittsburgh was also missing Joe Hayden, who's an important part of their secondary. You're right about TJ Watt. That's just an absolutely mm-hmm. brutal injury. And I think they have three or four groin injuries on their roster right now, which is just brutal. But I actually have a very interesting question, and I asked this to my dad yesterday, who's a diehard Steelers fan. Do you think Mike Tomlin will get to stick around for the new quarterback. I think that that is going to be Mike Tomlin's decision more than, really? than this. Year. I don't think, Interesting. yeah. I, I think he's built up so much equity there over the years that, and I look at this, I don't think this is Mike Tomlin's fault where the right. Steelers are right now. I think, <laughs> I think they've shown a little bit too much of an affirmation for Ben when the, the best thing would have been to rip the Band-Aid off and try and restart things. And I think they've kind of been committed to that same group of players, you know, bringing back Juju and, and everything with that, that I, it, it feels like they need a bit of a facelift. I still think the head coach is the right guy. Cause if Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. leaves Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin's getting a job the next day. Um, <laughs> so I, I look at that and I, I say, I, that's why I think that I, he will be there if he wants to be there. Yeah. My dad agreed with you. He said he never gets fired. I tend to agree. I, I don't mind going all in on Ben this year, though, because they didn't have a high enough pick to draft a quality Mm -hmm. early impact quarterback. And this was their last year anyway. So why not try and go in, try and catch that lightning in a bottle that they did at the beginning of the season? You hope that Najee Harris is generational. You hope that those uh, wide receivers are really good and that the defense holds them. I still think this defense is going to win games for this team, period. I think they're that good. It's just going to continue to come down to how much trouble, how many problems is Ben going to put us in, which Can is they move not the ball a good, down the field. yeah, it's not a good position to be in. And they have this horrible, we can move on right after this, but this just, it makes me so aggravated to watch this. They have this horrible reliance on this deep ball, this 40 mm-hmm. yard yes. pass to Chase Claypool. To Chase Claypool, I was going to say, yeah. oh, to take it further to it's Chase Claypool. It's so <laughs> weird, and it never works, and Ben doesn't have that accuracy anymore, and then they're forced to move away from Harris, who pretty sure he had less than 40 yards yesterday. It's just, I thought Canada was going to revamp that offense, and it's just the same old, and that's not going to win any games. And it listen, it's scary because coming up, it, the Bengals, which are not a pushover, no. Green, Green Bay, Denver, Seattle, Cleveland. That that is a you know a rough stretch of games here for for the Steelers. So that offense is gonna have to figure things out soon. Very quickly, yeah. Mm-hmm. The AFC North is tough. 
Um, we mentioned Andy Dalton. Can we move there to Chicago? Let's do it. So I have some interesting thoughts on Fields. I didn't watch this game live, but I watched mm-hmm. a lot of the replays. I agree with you that I thought Andy Dalton looked really good, which actually reminded me of you when you asked me that question, <laughs> and I was just what absolutely happens? speechless <laughs> about whether what happens if Dalton's actually good. When Fields did come in because of the kind of weird non-contact injury that Dalton had, which Mm -hmm. makes me nervous. Yeah, me too. He finished 6 for 13, 60 yards, interception, and then he had a fumble in Dalton's relief. I really don't think Fields' numbers will matter until he starts getting some serious time and until he cements himself as the starter. But I think Matt Nagy finally gave himself away because in his press game, in his press conference after the game, a reporter asked him how Fields's speed and athleticism can change this Bears offense, and Nagy just looked like a little kid on Christmas. Mm-hmm. He was so excited about it. And we all know that that's what Fields adds to this team, and we're just sitting around waiting for it. And I think this is a theme I want to get into of just how turnover-prone all of these rookie quarterbacks are. I think yes. Fields will fit right into that theme but I think when he I mean he had a couple of runs where you can see glimpses of of what his offense can look like and I think it's something to get really excited about no it it is so first off for you know looking at Justin Fields from yesterday I completely agree that I I don't really care as much what he does until he becomes a starter because I think it's so hard for him to just get thrust in for certain snaps. You know, I know he still played 65% of the snaps yesterday, you know, after Dalton went out, but I'm going to measure him more once he becomes a full-time starter. You know what? Yesterday was not promising. Uh, You know, I think, you know, everyone's going to point to Zach Wilson, you know, with the, the four interceptions that he threw yesterday. Justin Fields actually had a lower QBR than Zach Wilson yesterday. That's shocking. I did isn't, not know that. Isn't that, that crazy? Zach Wilson, I believe, was 8.7 off the top of my head. Justin Fields was 4.4. Oof. He just, it it was very short stuff. You know, he wasn't able to move the ball too well. Again, it's, I don't put too much into it. It is hard when you are not the starter and getting thrust into, you know, game one was against the LA Rams and game two, obviously not prepared to go in there and ha- has to come in in relief after Andy Dalton gets hurt. I still think Justin, as you know, I'm on the Justin Fields train. I'm very excited for Justin Fields. I I think a lot of it's going to depend on the Dalton injury because I think at Cleveland is kind of a rough place to make your debut. I said it before, I'll say it again. Week four home against Detroit is the perfect time to debut him as the starter if that is what they are looking for. Um, you know, you point out his athleticism and you're 100% right. He can move. But what I'm most excited about for Justin Fields is the arm strength and his ability to, to, you know, make the right read and fire the ball in there. He can move a little bit, but man, that arm is something special. I want to see more of it. Yesterday was not a shining example of what Justin Fields can be and is going to be in this league. But yeah, I would just, I think we, we need to see more of it. Yeah, I, I totally am with you on all of those points. And Unfortunately, I do not think they will get the chance to for him to make his home debut against the Lions. I think he's going to mm. start next week. He you said might... next week was Cleveland, right? At, at Cleveland. Yeah, that's going to be a tough uh, opening for him there. That's going to be a little so. brutal. I just I have to bring up what I what I texted you today because mm-hmm. I listened to the part of my take episode. They they drop episodes every Monday that are just incredible, wrapping up all the yes, action. They do a great job. And I was legitimately laughing out loud listening to Big Cat talk about <laughs> Matt Nagy's just love fest with Andy Dalton. It was so funny. I'll quote it because this is genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Matt Nagy wants to die on the hill of Andy Dalton. He just, <laughs> Not that he, he will. Just, yeah. He yeah. wants, he wants to. to. He continued to play Andy Dalton after he had gotten taped in this whole thing. If there's any shot, if Dalton has two legs, he probably will play next week just because Matt Nagy promised him back in March. And you know what about what happens to promises made six months ago? You got to <laughs> keep them. But I just, I, I also, we're just that we've talked about this so much again. We don't have to beat a dead horse. If Fields is the guy, why aren't you giving him the reps? Why do you keep putting him in these situations where he looks so bad because he's not prepped to be a starter? If Fields is the guy, just put him in. Please tell me. 
because Matt Nagy wants to die on the hill that Andy <laughs> Dalton is their quarterback. <laughs> I guess I have to leave it there. I can't argue with that. I mm-hmm. can't. It's just a fact. Hey, to our, to our, the point that we brought up before, he did play well before getting injured. He, yeah, he, he did. really did. Of course, it was limited snaps, um, but he did play well. So <laughs> we'll see how this plays out. Definitely going to be one of the dominant storylines throughout the season. Is, yeah, uh, that's is a really good switch point. switch comes in. Yeah, especially this week, too. And it's just mm-hmm. funny because I think there are a lot of uh, fringe quarterbacks that are actually looking really good. We mentioned Tyrod Taylor last week. He had a brutal injury. That really stinks. Teddy Bridgewater has been phenomenal so far this year. You just named the top two quarterbacks in ESPN's QBR through two weeks. It's absolutely absurd. Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor. Bridgewater. He didn't even play for the entirety of the second half, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. insane. Um, just to finish that point, I think if Dalton wasn't in the position that he is with Justin Fields right behind him, we wouldn't be ragging on Andy Dalton so much. Because I no. actually think he's relatively talented. He, as I said, he's played fine yeah. so far this season. That first game is an impossible situation going into L.A. to play them. And then we saw a decent performance from him yesterday before he got injured. I completely agree. Yeah, It's you, tough. You, it's tough. No, you put him on a team as more of a transition quarterback that doesn't mm-hmm. have that young quarterback yet, and I think people are fine with it. But as you said, with Justin Fields sitting there behind him, it doesn't matter what Andy Dalton does. People are going to try and crush him. Um, right. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. And the Bears are in transition anyway. Can I just say one thing about the Colts specifically mm-hmm. before we move on? This doesn't really fit into our young versus old category. <laughs> But for all the people who are saying that they are the most panicked about the Colts, I watched all of that game. It was absolutely wild. The fact that the Colts were that close, I think, is pretty Mm -hmm. absurd. Some quick takeaways. Jared Goff wouldn't have won that game. So now I am all in on that move. McVay and Stafford are awesome. The Rams are so good. I just have a very serious question, and I'm not not being facetious. Mm -hmm. Who actually thought the Colts would win against the Seahawks or against the Rams. I Not think, I. I think I would have expected the Colts to be 0-2, and that's mm-hmm. what they are. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the Wentz injury is obviously in- exceptionally concerning. Yes. But for all these people that are saying the Colts are in this horrible position, the AFC South is kind of sucky anyway. That's exactly what I was going to say. They played some really good opponents, so I don't mm-hmm. get what all the issues are. Nope. I Listen, if you want to be concerned about Carson Wentz and his uh, you know, decision-making, whiz, we saw the turnover <laughs> yes. on the interception on a shovel pass. If yes. you want to be concerned about his ability to stay healthy, which he has not shown an ability to stay healthy over the past couple of years, I totally get that. Uh, but to your point, playing two very strong NFC West opponents to start the season and being in both of those games... I am I and throwing on top of it the AFC South where I mean do we really believe in the Texans we've seen the Jaguars are a mess <laughs> the Titans kind of went back to what I think the Titans are going to be this year uh, I think if you're counting the Colts out I just I don't understand that as of right now I completely agree with you I also mm-hmm. think the Titans had a, a crazy good game but that's exactly where I am with the Colts yeah. I think Carson Wentz's decision making is on its own level, the fact that he was able to... Well, he barely walked off the field, but all those hits he took, absolutely insane that he was able to keep getting up. He has some serious grit, to give him some credit. He yes. is insanely durable. Wow. No, no, you're you're so right. Um, I'll jump into it then with a, a second-year player. Well, actually, they're kind of connected, so we'll go with two second-year players here that, uh, that I'm watching and that I'm really excited for. It's a team I've brought up before. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll go, well, one second, or uh, two second-year players, but I'll also mention a rookie, so I'm really all over the place here. But Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and then we'll throw in Jamar Chase as well. Also, I'll start with T. Higgins, because that's who I really want to focus on. You know, the the first pick in the second round last year, and I think T. Higgins has the potential to be better than all of the first-round receivers, and that includes Justin Jefferson. That includes wow. Henry Ruggs, who we just talked on. I am that high on T. Higgins. I still think Jefferson is the best of them as of right now, but I think there's no, you know, no reason why Higgins can't make that jump or at least be second or third. And again, a stacked wide receiver draft class. He's got all the physical tools coming in there at 6'4". I think we're seeing that Burrow is trusting him more and more as the season goes on. Uh, and we, we saw it last year as well. Two touchdowns already for Higgins this season. 
uh, an 80% catch percentage and a 60% catch percentage as well for him. So very, very solid numbers. He did fumble uh, from this past weekend just to not focus fully on positives. You know, we, we look at Burrow. We know it's all about staying healthy with him. Nine sacks through two weeks. You know, that's what we were all afraid of is that offensive line, and it looks like we were all correct (laughs) in being afraid of that offensive line and then just sticking with that young theme as well. I guess Jamar Chase really can catch the football because (laughs) he has come out and been... (laughs) That was fabricated. Yeah, (laughs) he has come out and has been explosive for the Bengals so far this season. Uh, You know, a really good win in week one. They hung tough against the Bears in week two. I just think it's really exciting and really fun to see these fundamental pieces of the Cincinnati offense in Burrow, in Higgins, in Chase, all playing together, all healthy right now. I real the, the one I want to focus on is T. Higgins, but of course they're all connected. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I really like that, and I don't think it can be understated how much or how much comfort Burrow finds in Jamar Chase from LSU. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's obviously not underrated because people are talking about that all the time, but sure. I think that's really big. I love that on T. Higgins. I'd love to see him be better than Justin Jefferson. That'd be awesome. Jefferson's I, a stud. He is unbelievable. Every team that, I mean, the fact that the Eagles surpassed him for Jalen Rieger, I think will always haunt them. But yes, anyways, I, I think I said in the offseason that I actually thought the Bengals were closer to contention than we thought because Mm. of how good that offense can be. And I think they've shown flashes of it. I'm unfortunately just not there because that O-line is so bad. It's bad. Because, and you know how high I am on him, but Burrow seems scared to me still, and I really don't blame him because I think he's on pace to be sacked about 80 times, <laughs> which would be pretty much unprecedented. Coming off the crazy knee injuries as well. It's, That's it's exactly what I It's mean. understandable why we're seeing some hesitance from him, and I, I think we have. I mean, we saw three interceptions yesterday from him, yep. so it's it's definitely there. On three consecutive passes, which is yes. never good. I think that's going to be the worst it ever is, though. I Beat really Zach do Wilson. think. I really do think Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think Burrow is going to be really, really successful in this As league. As do I. I. I don't know. I mentioned it last week. I don't think Zach Taylor's the guy anymore. I still think they're a couple mm-hmm. of years out. But Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you are absolutely right. They are incredibly explosive and down the field fades, crosses, they have so many different tools that not a lot of res- other receivers have. No, it's it's really exciting is the easiest way I can look at it. And I, I agree with you. As, as I said last week, I don't think Zach Taylor is the guy. I, I would like to see this team under, you know, just a, a more experienced, proven coach uh, to come in here after this year. I think this year is a building year for them. And I think Definitely. we're going to see some as I said earlier, like they're not an easy out if you're going up against the Bengals this year. That offense is going to be able to move the ball. That defense is not is not great, um, so that's going to cause some issues for them. But they are to your point of them being closer to contention. This is not the year for them. But if they make strides this year and they have a solid off season, you know, who with Pittsburgh possibly on the decline, who's to say they can't start to make a jump yeah. and and try to get into playoff contention? You know, a year from now. So just Cincinnati, a team I want to watch. Three just really interesting pieces, all really intertwined. And, uh, you know, a fun start to the season for them with putting up some points uh, in, in two games. Of course, coming out one and one, but all uh, all good. No, that, that Vikings win was, was really awesome. That was huge. Think, huge yeah. start for them. Imagine an offensive guy like Eric Bieniemy leading this team. Oh, that's just so exciting. You bring in what? a guy like Bieniemy, you upgrade the tackles, what, the whole offensive line. Um, and... Add a little bit of pass rush, and you can really start to dream with this team. So, do you think they're still thinking, or do, are you still thinking about them taking Chase over Penisol? Ha! Huh, all that said, they still should have taken Penisol. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love. I think so I, too. I think, I so think too. Jamar Chase is going to be so great for them, and so exciting to pair with T. Higgins and all of that. You still take Penisol. I mean, look what Rashawn Slater's doing in LA. That's kind of what that's kind of what you, I'm thinking. You're gonna make me cry because that's who I would have liked the Giants to have taken if they didn't trade back with the yep. Bears. But I think we think that was a good thing, right? Weren't we happy it, no, about that? The trade back was the right move. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw to talk a... about the Giants this week. Probably, <laughs> I was I was actually gonna skip them before Thank you were saying that. This Thank time you. Around. I'm gonna throw a really random one out there. You ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Davis Mills. Wow. 
Yes. (laughs) Yes. I only have a few things, but I wanted to mention him because I don't think it would be that shocking if we see him either this Thursday, I think, is Texans-Panthers, correct? Yes. Thursday night slash in the future. And we've both talked a lot about Tyrod Taylor. We are a Tyrod Taylor podcast. I think we're willing to go that far. We love him. I would say so. Davis Mills became just the fifth quarterback since 2010 to play as early as week two on Sunday in his rookie year after being drafted as late as the third round. Mm -hmm. Nobody expected Davis Mills to contribute this year, and he went went out and threw over 100 yards in his debut. Don't think there are going to be a ton of storylines about him. Wanted to mention it. With all the upheaval in Houston, I don't think it's that shocking for him to play some meaningful minutes, and then maybe Texas is still in the position next year where they can go out and draft the franchise quarterback if all the Watson questions go in the other direction. No, I I like it, and why I like it is because I think a lot of people were left scratching their heads when the Texans drafted Mills in the third round. You know, that's still a premium draft pick. So I, I think we see that they have some confidence in him to possibly come in here and make an impact. Now, of course, things with Watson have since really deteriorized, and we, we know about Tyrod Taylor coming in, but I I think he's an interesting one to watch because clearly Houston liked him a lot. Right. And, you know, he we got to see him on Sunday a little bit. As you said, Thursday comes quick, so I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to make that start. Um, we may see him starting a, a primetime game uh, come, come the end of this week. Yeah. I think the Panthers' D are actually pretty tough. So that Watch might be out a, for the Panthers. Sam might Darnold, be a tough surround, surround him yeah. with Joe Brady and a couple <sighs> offensive weapons, and look what he does. Oh, man, imagine Joe Brady in Cincinnati. He is going to get a head coaching job oh, this year if the he, Panthers keep it up. He might. He might. He's really good. He is an incredible offensive mind. I, I, I think Carolina's legit. I'm going to go out and say it. I really think they are. It's all about if that if that defense plays well. Because remember, yeah. what was it, a year ago, two years ago, where they drafted every single draft pick was a defensive oh, that's player. Right. They've had yeah. to re- in Matt Rule's first year, they had to retool, you know, that, that entire defense. So it's about if that defense can stay competitive, but you know, there there are some pieces on offense and as we said, protect Darnold and, and give him some weapons around him. Add in Christian McCaffrey, which I don't think hurts anybody. And um <laughs> You're seeing some some solid production there. Joe Brady, by the way, 31 years old and yeah. genuinely could become a head coach next yeah. winter. I, I would not be surprised at all if the or Panthers this keep it up, and he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you right now that Wilson is my stat of the week, my number of the week. So oh. I would like to hold on him, and it's okay. the best one I've ever had. Uh, I have two more on my list. We only have to get to one of them, though. I have to mention Trevor Lawrence. Okay, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. I hear people saying that he's a bust. Oh, God. (laughs) And I would like them to respectfully retract those statements because we're two weeks in, and yes, Lawrence has five interceptions in two games. Jacksonville's defense is also awful. He has nobody to work with. He has a coach who's thinking about life over in South California. Mm-hmm. And I think Trevor Lawrence will be just fine. Do you oh, agree? you think so? <laughs> yes. I, I do think Trevor Lawrence will be just fine. I do not want to completely discount the fact that turnovers have been an issue. Yes. Know, so far. It's five interceptions through the first weeks, through the first two weeks, I believe. Um, and obviously that is a problem. But I think with experience, you know, comes less turnovers and, and better decision-making. So I, I still give him plenty of time there. I am nowhere near comfortable labeling him a star, a good player, a bust, anything. We are through two weeks of yeah, his NFL I like career that. I actually in, a, like that. in a rough situation, as I said, with a head coach that I'm not sure is fully committed to it with a roster that is far from complete. I believe Trevor Lawrence is going to become a good player in this league. I understand the alarm of the interceptions through the first couple weeks. I think we've also seen some pretty brilliant flashes from him as well. So I'm, no, no, no. I the the jury is is not even close to coming to a conclusion here. Okay, good. I, I'm glad you feel that same way. I think that there are equal parts of oh my god, I cannot believe he just made that play mm-hmm. in a, in a good way, and then also, how did he? He that's the thing. He hasn't lost. He's yep. getting used to this. I think we've got to cut him a lot of slack. And it's great having the number one pick, but. 
do some research on how many losing teams, how many teams that have the number one pick are able to turn it around in year one. You're mm-hmm. going to have a hard time doing that research because it's basically never happened. So yeah. let's pump the brakes. No, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you want to know, actually, saying this off the top of my head, but I believe it's true. The only rookie quarterback that didn't have an interception yesterday? Please. Mac Jones. I don't wow. know his middle name. I don't know his middle yeah. name, but I really wish I could have said it there for emphasis. We'll do some research. <laughs> Thank you. We'll send an intern on it. Mac Jones, 22 for 30, 186 yards, zero touchdowns, but also zero interceptions. This was basically the most lackluster performance in the history of football. And I still think it was a step in the right direction for Mac. Again, he's a professional. He doesn't make mistakes. He moves in the pocket well. The defense completely picked up New England in this game. And they were able to capitalize on one of the worst rookie performances ever, in my mind, by Wilson. <laughs> again, what we'll get into later. I, again, it's not, it's not heralding him at all. He's still not the next Brady. But Mac Jones is looking pretty damn good in his first two weeks. Well, first off, it blows away my expectations because his middle name is McCorkle. Oh, yeah, um, I knew so. that. Oh, my God. That's why he goes by Mac. Is yes, it, is it exactly. Because it's Michael. Michael McCorkle. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I wish so I knew just, that. That would have been so good. Just spectacular. So I, you learn something new every day. So Love that, that. <laughs> that Michael is Michael awesome. McCorkle Jones. What, what a name. Um, but, no, you, you're right. Listen, I, I do not think Mac Jones is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year this mm-hmm. year. I also don't think there's any need for Mac Jones to try and win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. Mac Jones just needs to play solid quarterback play, be smart, be able to push that ball down the field, don't turn the ball over. You know, the Patriots are going to be more of a, a running team this year. We saw Harris has really started to come on to come onto the scene as a, uh, the lead back there. Uh, you know, James White's still in the picture as well, but I, they just... <laughs> he he is doing exactly what people thought he was going to do it is it was the marriage from the start that everyone was looking forward to it ended up happening on draft night and then expectations i think have been exactly met for what people thought mac jones was going to do in this new england offense through the first two weeks it's not special it's not spectacular but he gets the job done and uh, that's what we've seen through the first two weeks it's enough he set up perfectly enough. at the beginning it's enough they don't need him to be spectacular they need him to have stat lines like that where he doesn't make mistakes and you can count on Damian Harris to step up, which he did. You can count on James White in the red zone, which he converted. That defense mm-hmm. is awesome. They put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. I, I am really curious about what New England is going to turn into because now if Tua is out, we actually haven't even mentioned Tua. Oh my gosh. No, nah, because I'm still mourning. Yeah, that was Tua's out with a rib injury. Doesn't look good. Carted off the field. When I saw him... I texted you right away, Pat. When I saw him walking off, I thought he had a concussion because Mm -hmm. he looked that out of it. He could barely stand. It was really, really bad. But if they fall off a cliff, that obviously gives New England some even more room to navigate. If we didn't already think they were getting the playoff spot over Miami, I think New England can turn some heads down the stretch. Yeah, and I did not think they were going to get a playoff spot over Miami. So now if, if Tua is out and they are going with Jacoby Brissett for the long haul here, I, I think New England gets thrown even more so in the playoff race. Now, there absolutely still could have been an argument, even before the Tua injury, that New England could get a playoff spot. But if if Tua is out for a while here, I you could see New England start to move up. Yeah, unfortunately, my overreaction came true, but for the total wrong reasons. Yes. I said, it, is it an overreaction if Jacoby Brissett starts because of performance? And unfortunately, he will probably have to start because of an injury, which you never like to Let, see. Let's hope it's a bruised rib, though. I yeah. feel like even saying that is just not it, just looking how much pain he was in. It, yeah. uh, it feels like even it's that a bad would one. still be a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, a bruised rib is almost impossible. I, I guess you could try and play through it, but as a quarterback <sighs> in the NFL, getting hit on every play, right. good luck with that. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll have to see how that progresses. I'm obviously we're all hoping that it's not too bad for him because just. The poor guy just hasn't been able to catch a break injury-wise. And we really, this is supposed to be the year where we could all see what Tua could truly do. So let's hope he's healthy. No, we're rooting for him. You yes. hate when those those durability and injury-prone conversations come about because of this. I hate that. Let's mm-hmm. not start it. Let's nope. just hope he comes back. And again, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think is, 
a Cowboys backup quarter backup quarterback situation that we had last year. Like uh Never forget, Rush, never if forget I believe. Ben DiNucci. Never forget <laughs> Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci? Come on now. Please. He's back on LinkedIn <laughs> with his financial job. So he's doing just fine for himself. <laughs> should have should have gone into that instead. But yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> you got anybody else? I I I think you kind of hit it because otherwise I I feel like I'd be stretching too much. So, but okay. uh, I like that we got to touch on a couple couple other things as well throughout the episode with you know Tua Ben, um, all things like that. Oh yeah, I did want to mention Matt Ryan. I tweeted Falcons question <laughs> mark when they got to within three and Matt Ryan was showing some vintage Matty Ice. And then he threw two and then the straight pick sixes picks. Came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pick sixes <laughs> uh, to make it even worse. So that was short-lived. Again, just so many problems in in Atlanta. So gonna have many. A, they're going to have a top three pick, so they're going to have an opportunity to uh, to to draft someone to to be his successor if that is the way they want to go. Actually, can you say your top five right now? Top five picks or top three, maybe if you can't go Ooh. to five. Uh, I I, th- I feel pretty strong that Jacksonville, Houston, Atlanta. Are gonna okay. be around there. I still think the Eagles are gonna be really bad. We'll we'll see how bad, but I I'd they had put two them horrible there. injuries, Graham and yes. Uh, oh, the Brandon Graham one just sucks. There was them. somebody it, else too. Who's their it, other older D line guy? Starts with a B. Ah, uh, I I missed it because I was driving Brandon Brooks. Yesterday. Brandon Brooks. Yeah, I I did Tough. see the Graham. I didn't see that one. Um, and then oof, fifth team. I I I don't want to just throw one out there off the top of my head, but I I have those four. I mean if. I don't want to say the Jets off just off to the say the Jets, but yeah, go for it. The Giants. Okay, I didn't mention them. Um, there again, I could do a full full breakdown on the Giants' trajectory, uh, but we'll, we'll say there were some signs of life on Thursday night. No, actually, and Daniel Jones looked pretty good. Jones yeah. Jones looked that was the best I've I've seen Daniel Jones play. Yeah, in all, but honesty. they didn't win. But they no. didn't win. No, the defense and the coaching staff completely let him down. Uh, yeah. Just oh, disastrous loss. I actually As, think it, it would take some pretty bad luck for them to finish within the top five. I think they're I think there's that. enough talent for them to be, a, yeah, outside of the top five. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, definitely Jacksonville, definitely the Jets, uh, Atlanta, and Houston. Is that five? Yeah. Cincinnati, New York, couple of, and a couple of X factors there. Maybe Philly. Philly. Oh, still, Detroit. We didn't Philly's mention gonna, Detroit. Oh, Detroit's going to be there. Yeah. Yep, Detroit's yeah. going to be there. We've got some, we've got some, uh, some early candidates. Let's shift to numbers. And, Pat, I am not kidding you. I was listening to the Ringer NFL show today. That's where I got this stat. And mm-hmm. I actually got chills because oh, I it love was it. so good. Let's I was do it. so happy when I heard this. And I know that you are so psyched about yours too. So I'm so happy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Okay. So I'll have my number before, but it's basically just the stat in general. So on Sunday, Zach Wilson became the fourth rookie quarterback, top five pick with zero pass touchdowns and four interceptions in a game in the last 20 seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's happened four times. One of those times was Alex Smith back in 2005. But the three most recent times, the last three three quarterbacks to do that, were Wilson on Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold, and Mark Sanchez. Oh, it's perfect. All three Jets players. I'm literally getting chills again just talking about it. I can't even believe how doomed players are when they have to be picked by the New York Jets in this draft as a quarterback. That that poor franchise is just quarterback cursed. I mean, oh they they really are still looking for their franchise quarterback since Namath left and went won the <laughs> Super Bowl for them. What, what year was that? 1969. Um, oh and man, they've had some you know decent ones. Come Sanchez in was at decent. San- Sanchez yeah. was fine. You know, you go back further. You had Vinny Testaverde, Boomer Esaias, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a you know a nice year before he imploded in Buffalo and and threw all those interceptions in Week 17. But you know, for for Wilson, I still think Wilson has a ton of talent and can be a, a very good player in this league. The thing with Zach Wilson is he's going to push the ball and he is going to push the envelope. And I think this year you're going to see a lot of decision making from him where you say, what in the world are you doing? That just, we, you cannot do that at this level. It's going to be, you know, can he learn from it and really let that arm talent and that talent that I think we've all seen really shine through there. But, you know, it's, it's going to take some time to iron out the kinks. To put it nicely, two of those were what you described with mm-hmm. literally hands on my head, wondering how that could happen. 
and probably the third. One of them was a receiver's fault. But yes. the rest were just Oh, he threw some horrible awful ones mistakes. yesterday. Yes. And I truly think rookies are having a tough time this year. These guys are turning the ball over a lot. And to give Wilson even more credit, which he might not deserve, <laughs> Bill Belichick against rookies, 22-6. and six. Yeah, Belichick lose. absolutely annihilates rookies. But Zach Wilson is way too prone to the turnover. Instead of just dying with the play, he feels like he has to make a play, which a lot of quarterbacks have mm-hmm. gotten over. Baker Mayfield is the first guy that pops into my head. But it just it seems like you don't get a chance to succeed in New York. And we finally thought that this was the year where that was going to change, and it hasn't so far. It's early, but it doesn't look like things are that different. Yeah, I, I still have confidence in Zach Wilson, and I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But who we, we've seen through the first couple of weeks, as I said, he needs they're going to need to iron some things out. And uh, yeah. he needs to just settle down and understand which throws to make, what's worth making, you know, what's worth just holding on to and eating, what's worth throwing away. That's a massive part of being an NFL quarterback yeah. is, is just understanding risk management. And I, I don't think we've seen it so far through Wilson. I think that's probably because in every game he's played in through his life, he's probably been the best player out there on the field. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just such a change. And it's a culture um, shock. Yeah, it's a it, it absolutely is a culture shock. So again, faith is still there. I think he can turn into a pretty decent, if not a pretty good, NFL quarterback. But you know, Jet fans were pumped for yesterday. MetLife was loud for that first home game under the new regime and, and under Wilson. And oh, they they laid an egg against New England. Yeah, four interceptions in his first 11 pass attempts. But I was absolutely floored when I found out zero pass touchdowns, four interception, four interceptions the last three times that happened has been Jets quarterbacks. Just oh, absolutely that poor, floored. That poor franchise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I actually do think Zach Wilson is going to be a really great player. And I think the Jets will end up being happy that they picked him and moved on yep. from Darnold. Yep, as, as do I. Yeah. All right, what you got? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, my number's a percentage. Okay. And is 10.4%. And that is the percentage of batters faced that Austin Adams has hit (laughs) this season. Just try try and understand. 10, over 10% of the batters that have come into the batter's box. Austin Adams, a relief pitcher for the San Diego Padres, has hit. He has set the new record, modern record, for most hits batsmen in a year with 24, he has done that in 49 and two-thirds innings. 24 hit batsmen hit... I can't even speak. It's driving my, <laughs> my brain so crazy. He has 24 hit batsmen in 49 and two-thirds inning. Only 230 batters faced all season Man. long. That breaks the record, which was initially set in 1922 by Howard Emke of the Detroit Tigers, who hit 23. The record has been broken. We have history here (laughs) with the Padres. (laughs) Austin Adams, 24 hit batters in 49 and two-thirds inning, which accounts for over 10%. He finally did it. At this point, you might as well go for the record. You know? I mean, yeah, you just got to go for it at this point. It He has allowed three more hits than he has hit batters. Oh, my God. That's insane. That's I, insane. 27 hits allowed in those almost 50 innings, 24 hit batters. I mean, when he's pitching, you know the old saying, walks as good of a, as good as a hit. You're probably going to get walked because he's going to bean you. <laughs> a hit is just as good. Being hit is just as good as getting a hit when it's Adams. That That's absurd. I love how excited you are. It's one of those absolutely bonkers stats that you just never think can be broken. And Adams just pretty much shattered it. And, he, For, and we still got 12 games left. Just, just to, like, that's what I'm centered around. This is a relief pitcher. Yeah. Making the, this is not a starter that's going out there and throwing five, six innings a turn, five, six more <laughs> innings a turn. This is a guy going out there for an inning at a time, yeah. and he has found a way to hit 24 batters. And to the fun, the point about him, too, is that he's actually been pretty decent when he's not hitting you. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't allowed a home run this season. He's got 13 strikeouts per nine innings, like... Uh, as I said, he's got t- only 27 hits allowed in almost 50 innings. Those are decent numbers. The problem is, when he throws the ball, he's got no idea where the hell it's going. 
Wait, yeah, what's his velocity? Do you know? Is it a velocity issue? He he does throw hard. Um, okay, but still, but, a lot of guys throw hard. Yeah, exactly. A lot of guys throw hard. Yeah, um, that's basically every other inning he's he's hitting. Every other inning he's in there, he's hitting a batter. Just when I saw that number, just to, to you talk about like excitement, like my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> of just thinking about how is that even possible? Yeah. And, you know, people are going to talk about Shohei Otani. You know, Vladdy oh. might win a triple crown. Mm-hmm. But Austin Adams hit 24 batters <laughs> in less than 50 innings. And I cannot have the incredibleness, which is not a word, but the incredibleness of that going just to be skipped over. It's the best number of the 2021 season. Easily. It might be. Easily. It, it, it might be. Um Wow, I'm just I'm just so happy talking I about it. I've been that. sitting on that for a little bit and I have been waiting to talk about My it. My God, I'm so happy for you that you finally got it out. What I wanted to text you, but number? I'm like, I can't do it because we gotta talk about it on the show. Yeah. So. Wow, that is incredible. Austin Adams making history for himself. Hopefully he listens. We got I'm actually gonna tag him. I'm gonna tag him. <laughs> because maybe he'll answer. And he'll get some credit that he deserves. Pop the champagne. The record's yeah. been broken. Um, My gosh. Austin, if you want to come on the show and discuss, uh, we'd, love do. <laughs> we'd love we it. We would love it. <laughs> and I mean, was it a pretty equal gap before the sticky substance breakdown and since? Oh, I don't have the breakdown. That would be a phenomenal number to look at. That would be um, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, not favorable for Austin if it is the latter (laughs) yeah or for opposing batters actually to be more specific also that um so actually i just pulled it up he hit more batters in the first half okay that's exceptional i love yeah yeah he hit 14 in his first 30 innings which (laughs) is just unbelievable (laughs) i don't even know that's insane i don't even know what to say again one of the craziest seasons literally in history and then we've uh, got this. Baseball is amazing. Baseball it, is awesome. It is also. He has appeared in six games so far this month. He has hit six batters. Oh my god! Uh, this How is, does this, that even happen? This might be my favorite number I've ever talked about. Ever? On the show. <laughs> <laughs> like wow! Just it was my favorite too. So we've got the best ones. Go tell your friends, man. <laughs> yeah, please. What a segment! <laughs> wow, that is that is awesome. Love That's it. That's so great. Wow. No, so cool. sweet. All right, well, that will do it for us here on the Did You Hear podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify as well. Leave a rating as that really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. We'll be back for weekly walk-off later in the week. And Emma, that's a wrap. 